The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I'm one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who has put up with me for 200 episodes, Josh Borboni. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing good. It's been more than 200 episodes, only 200 episodes of this show. Correct. That is correct. <laughs> Only so 200 episodes I far of this show. surpassed the 200 with you. <laughs> <laughs> so it is episode 200, which I think is still a pretty big deal, right? 200 episodes of a show. That's a, that's a lot of episodes of something. It's funny. It is. A, I think it is a big deal, but I, I don't know that it feels different for us. <laughs> yeah, like I was just true. talking to my wife about it. She's like, oh, wait, you guys are 200 already? I'm like, oh, yeah, thanks for the support. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Um, well, you know, as a regular listener like she is, I'm sure yeah, she's- Yeah, clearly you know. she's checking the episode numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's an accomplishment. It's a nice round number. Um, I mean, if you do it more in the uh, yearly thing, like the achievement, we got to get we gotta get another few episodes under our belt to get that year- achievement well i mean we we've got a number of year achievements under our belt already we we certainly do yes so which is exciting yeah i agree i agree and uh so you will notice listener there can be some i will say small changes to things now that we've hit episode 200 uh not going to be any huge major changes i don't think uh we're just to kind of give you the brief overview. What we're in right now is something I like to call the pregame, and that this is something we have always done. We've always talked about random things at the beginning of the episode, uh, which is fun and all that good stuff. But I'm actually putting a name on it now, and I'm actually putting like a note about it. Like, hey, right now our pregame is talking about episode yeah, 200, I- and kind of <laughs> what this means. But the reason, the bi- the big reason why I wanted to do this was that way. If we ever want to do a post game, we can. Oh, and it okay. just kind of makes sense. So, the listener, you may remember that there have been a few times where Josh and I have, uh, you know, kind of done run through the show as normal, done the credits at the end. You've heard the, you know, audio cue going out, but then we would have a conversation about the killing of a sacred deer or Godzilla versus King Kong, like those sorts of things. So if we want to do more of those in the future, I just figured by having a little bit of like a quote unquote pregame now, it would give us the options for post games in the future. If we want to talk about topics, not board gaming related, obviously we have dollar cinema that we do. uh, But you know, Josh and I watch a lot of television and movies and all of those things. And sometimes there are just more things that we want to talk about than we have time to, since that is a, one hour show once a month about one specific movie. So 
So that's one small change. You'll notice another small change at the top in our intro. I did take out some of the things that we've done in the past, and I added our last names because I figured, hey, 200 episodes in, we probably should just actually use our name names at this point. <laughs> you know, I don't know how much that's doing, but I will be. It is very hard. One of the hardest parts of putting the show together every week was coming up with like the little like comparison things, and I just I said, you know what, that was becoming too much of a hassle. So I'm just I'm just done with it. Rest in peace. <laughs> so hopefully the new piffier intro uh, you enjoy, listener. And if for some reason you're really upset and you want them to come back, happy to make them come back. That's no, not no, don't deal. give in to the non-upset people yet. They're not even <laughs> upset about it yet. That's true. They they might they might not be upset. Who knows? Um, and then within the show itself, moving forward, just going to be a few small changes. We are going to talk about what we're playing each week. Uh, so every week we'll have a short segment talking about what we're playing. Uh, this week might be a little more in-depth than other weeks, but... Josh and I have realized that every time we, you know, but dust off the what are we playing segment uh, as one of our topics, it ends up going on for a really long time because I think especially, you know, for for better or for worse, because yeah. of Game Pass, yeah. uh, it's really easy to like jump in and try something. Uh, so then if we don't talk about it quickly after, you know, we might just never talk about it or we're talking about 12 games that we played, yeah. you know, and we do it once a month. So we will be talking about what we're playing every week um, and then each bringing two topics roughly to the show. Um, so that's really the only other big change is that reducing the number of topics a little bit, talking about what we're playing on a more regular basis. Uh, and the goal for this really is to hopefully uh, tighten up the show a little bit, if, <laughs> if you would. Uh, our goal when we, we started this was always to do... <laughs> 60 to 90 minutes like that was what the plan was and we regularly drift into the hour 45 hour 55 uh range and i'm not opposed to doing shows that long obviously i love talking to josh but (laughs) if we are going to go that long i would prefer that the show proper be done within about 90 minutes and then if we do have other things that we're talking about or a post show or something like that that we do um that's where, you know, going in that extra time goes. But if you are a regular listener and you're only here for the game stuff, uh, you can get this wrapped up in 60 to 90 minutes because, you know, you have other things to do. You have other podcasts to listen to. We're we're not, you know, giant bomb. We don't need three and a half, four hour, five hour podcasts. Correct. Even though those are great podcasts, I just don't have time to listen to them anymore. <laughs> so anything else you want to say or any any thoughts, Josh, about, you know, hitting episode 200? Uh boy, I don't know. I feel like I it's definitely a milestone. I just uh and I and I'm happy that we're still going strong. I just uh uh it's just another number, right? It's just another number. Um that I'm happy to surpass on the way to what, five hundred, <laughs> two fifty, whatever we decide is celebratory next. I was going to say, so what is like a celebratory number to you? That if 200 is just a number, Josh? No, I mean, it is celebratory. I don't know. I just don't have the right words to. It's not like, I don't know. When we get together and do a podcast in person, that will be a big one. <laughs> if, that yeah, hap- well, if that ever happens. If that ever happens. Yeah, at this, at this rate. Goodness gracious, world. Uh, Delta variant. Yeah. Life's getting hard again. Why can't we just get these things straightened out? Yeah, I would just settle for life being easy. We can keep Delta around if life is easy. (laughs) (laughs) Make playing video games way easier, that's for sure. Wouldn't care so much about it. Be like, ah, it's not a big deal. I'm not burying my head in the sand. I'm just experiencing fun things in life. Exactly. With a mask on. I don't care. That's fine with me. (laughs) So, (laughs) I 
I wonder how many podcasts in all of, you know, using Apple Podcasts just as the easy metric because it's the most popular one. Hmm. I wonder how many podcasts there are that have gotten to 200 episodes. That's a good question. I bet a lot of people give up early. I do. I assume so, too. So if nothing else, it is a show of our commitment to to continually talk to one another and to you lovely listeners about games every single week. We don't miss a week. We're consistent. We like well. To, to re- well, I mean, twice. We missed some week. We missed twice. three weeks total. We okay. missed three weeks total ever Out of in two hundred episodes. We missed yeah. three being on time or ever having both of us there. Not a big deal, I don't think. <laughs> uh, we're consistent. We enjoy doing it, um, and I think we talk enough that we would tell each other if we were getting tired of it. So I think that it's oh good. for sure. I, think we're I doing mean, good. and not to, and not to like bring doom and gloom, and I, I <laughs> probably should float this up to Josh live on the air. Um, it'll be interesting though, because I am planning to go back and get my doctorate starting next fall. Uh oh. Well, rest so, in peace, board with video games. <laughs> <laughs> no, not necessarily. Not necessarily. It, it will definitely be harder for me to play stuff. Uh, yeah. I think that'll be the hard part. It'll have to be like, well, I can talk about games or I can play games, but I don't know if I'll be able to do both things. <laughs> so. Wow. So we'll see what happens there. I, like yeah. my my hope and my plan is to continue to do the podcast. Um, it just I might have uh, far less things that I can <laughs> positively <laughs> contribute to the podcast. So we'll see how those things go. But hey, I also have to get into my doctorate program, so maybe that won't happen. Who knows? Oh, you'll get it. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. Hopefully, but so we'll see. But yeah, you know. So we got at least another hundred probably in us. <laughs> at least so we'll get to three hundred. <laughs> Uh, I know maybe you were going to talk about it at the end, Josh, so I don't mean to interject this here if you weren't yeah. planning on talking until later, uh, but it looks like you're doing a little extra life again this year, yeah? Oh, yes, I am doing extra life this year. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to totally forget that. Um, <coughs> I'm starting off strong, actually. I'm pretty, feeling pretty good about it. I don't usually... Um, Usually, like, I want to say August, September is when I start, like, advertising that I'm doing it again. I did sign up earlier in the year than usual. Um, uh, this year will be, hopefully, it stays the same, but we'll be in person again with the group that we did with two years ago instead of doing it at home last year. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty excited to – I'm already halfway to my goal, which is pretty great, and – uh, Extra Life did this cool thing. If you raised 150 bucks in August, you get this uh, exclusive Extra Life um, set of dice and a light-up box to store your dice in. Oh, that's so cool. I'm pretty excited to have those for my Pathfinder campaign when they come in. Um, I already got my shirt from them. Well, I, I achieved that thing, so I'll get my shirt in the mail soon. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in checking out uh, my Extra Life page, it's it's pinned in my tweets uh, at Josh Bones on Twitter. Um, or if you just want me to give you a link, just tweet at us and I'll, and I'll link it for you. But yeah, I do it for Boston Children's Hospital, but everyone regionally does it for the hospital they choose. So uh, it's a great cause and... Uh, the past two years, I've hit my goal, and I hope to do that again this year as well. And I've increased the goal um, every year. Um, and the closer we get to November 6th, which is Extra Life Day, 
Um, I'll start adding some, like, um, I guess I'll call them stretch goals, right? I'll start adding um, giveaways uh, for donations. Uh, last year, I gave away uh, two copies of Hades and a copy of something else digitally. Um, so I'll do that again, too. So don't wait to donate. I'll add you in. You'll still be entered into the to the raffle if you have donated. So don't wait to donate if you want to donate. And by raffle, I'm sure you mean drawing. Yes, definitely a drawing, not a raffle. <laughs> I don't want to get sued by any state's raffle laws. Uh, a drawing. I'll enter you into a drawing. Excellent. To win something. So go check out Josh's social media. It's definitely helps support Extra Life. And, you know, Extra Life is just one of those really, really cool things that no matter all the cruddy stuff that we sometimes talk about on this podcast that happens in the game world, I think Extra Life um, and things like it are those shining beacons of all the positive that gaming really can do. Yeah. Uh, so if you if you have the means and can't support, please do. Um, if you don't have the means and can't support, totally understandable, but please do get the word out then um, and share it with folks who might be able to because uh, Josh is really trying hard to do some good work uh, and there will be some things in the future um, of other ways you can support him. And look, you heard... Even if you support now, still entered in drawing to win cool prizes. So don't worry about finding out what those cool things are. I mean, if he gave away Hades, clearly he has good taste in picking things out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll just give away Game Pass this time. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Hey, so thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of Place of Video Games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. I do want to give a very special shout-out, though, to some of our producers over on Patreon, like Michael Masick, Edwin Callow, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Ben Moxham, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calicote, Devin Tyus, Josh Barboni, R.J. Kern, Zach Adam, Joe Wilson, and of course, Horse Girl 69 We really, truly do appreciate your support. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. With that, we're going to transition, start talking about some of the things we have been playing. Josh, take it away, sir. Well, speaking of Game Pass, um, I'm going to just cover these uh, quickly. Oh, my key's coming off my keyboard. Uh, uh, Art of Rally is a game that is out on Game Pass right now. It is, if I would say, picture... If you're old like me, you'll remember Grand Theft Auto when it was a top-down game. So picture that style uh, of racing uh, matched with uh, beautiful art. It's it's not pixel art. Um, smooth block art? <laughs> Is that a style? <laughs> it is uh, I now. Don't, I don't know how to describe the style. Um, it's a very... Um, Fun little game. Uh, the, it you know it has a lot of rally in it though. There's a lot of depth in the in the options as far as like uh, tuning your car and setting up how you want to drive. Um, it's definitely it definitely takes some getting used to as far as the driving goes. Maybe I compare it to like lonely down what was it downhill. Lonely uh, mountains downhill. Lonely mountains downhill. Like yeah, stylized. Style? It's very stylized. Sure. Uh, so I, tr I played them. I am playing that 
That's a lot of fun. I did try Boyfriend Dungeon. Um, I can confirm it. it's not for me, but I did try it. It's basically a dating simulator meets Dungeon Crawl, but mo- way more dating simulator than Dungeon Crawl, at least from the time I put into it. <laughs> I am really actually wanting to play that game really bad. <laughs> it's very it interesting really um, where it takes place... I don't know if it's the future or what, but they also call dungeons dunge, like a dungey, dungey. Uh, mm. Yeah, and uh, dungeons are where people go on uh, dates to battle bad guys. That and the bad guys are manifestations of people's fears. Also, the weapons are people, <laughs> <laughs> and you can date them. It's totally crazy bizarre but it's a wholly unique game i think that there's something for people that would like this just it's unfortunately just not for me which is fine but the art style is really cool um there is some voice acting which is good but a lot of it is just text um people forcing you to go on dates (laughs) a lot (laughs) Uh, even though i keep saying no 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 thank you no not interested (laughs) Still, your phone blows up with people asking you to go out. Uh, Speaking of Xbox games, I did start playing Paw Patrol, the movie game. (laughs) And obviously, not for me. Um, But you do now own it also, if you want to play it. It does have two-player simultaneous couch co-op now. The others didn't. I will say the big challenge for my son with this game is going full 3D. He hasn't quite mastered the analog controls more mm. than just forward and backwards. So that's been a bit of a struggle and he's not listening. So it's frustrating for me. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to leave the room. You keep playing. Uh, but it's nice. You can just jump in and out. If you just grab a controller and hit start, it will take control of the other dog on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't, uh, that dog will just follow the main player which is nice um yeah okay art of rally paw patrol the movie game boyfriend dungeon i'm still playing pokemon unite i actually really enjoy this game uh which is crazy for me to say i know i said it before i still like that it feels different enough the evolution of the pokemon as you're fighting really helps me as as far as enjoy the game and the unlocking of characters is also nice. So there's definitely um, progression that that suits me. So I'll, I'm I, liking it so far. I almost downloaded that game today. It's free. So close. I know. That's I was like, uh, I've never been a huge fan, though, of that style of game. Me neither. Uh, so uh, maybe I'll have to do it. Okay. Just try it. It's free. If you don't like it, just uninstall it. Easy peasy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the last game I've been playing, at least frequently enough to talk about, is a game called Doncaster, which my friend Greg told me about while we were uh, going to see the Green Knight last week. And um, it is uh, very much like Solitarica, which we've talked about before on this show, uh, where it is a card drafting, uh, 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 maybe Dungeon Crawl is the right word. Uh, but I would say it's much more difficult than Solitarica. 
Um, in fact, I'm, uh, I do find myself having trouble progressing enough to feel like I'm achieving anything. Um, it is also a premium game. It's not a free-to-play mobile game, so I think it was like five bucks. But you do, when you get it, you get all the different classes, so you can choose which kind of character class. It's a little bit more customization, because um, there's none in Solitarica. And there's also like a town, if you can get to it, uh, where there's like an inn where you can rest up and a weapon shop and things like that. So it has more RPG elements in it. Um, yeah, and it's fun. It's uh, definitely something I, I play from time to time. Um with long sessions, I would say. It's not like a quick game, but it can be. If you die, you might just be like, okay, that's it for now. I'll come back later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so far I'm enjoying that as well. So that's Doncaster on the mobile. I have Android, so I'm not sure if it's on iOS or not. Gotcha. So Josh, obviously, you know, we talk just like every podcast about video games does these days. Uh, talk a lot about Game Pass. Uh, what now, on a scale of 1 to 10... How likely are you to jump back into Hades on Xbox since you have had so many clears and so many runs and all that good stuff yeah. on the Switch? Because they have said that cross-save is potentially coming in the future, right? It's on Switch and PC, but not on Xbox yet or PlayStation. Right. So yeah, I basically stopped playing on Switch once I was able to put my save on my computer. Mm-hmm. Because it just looks better on the computer. <laughs> True, um, yeah. I do have it installed on my Xbox. Um, and I'm like, I'll, I'll jump in just to see if there's a big, like how, if it looks better or not Mm -hmm. on the Xbox. Um, but yeah, my biggest, uh, hindrance to doing that is my progress. And if I'm going to play Hades more, which I'm going to, because I still have more to do, it's going to be where my save is. Yeah. If then they were to come and bring cross-save, would you default to your PC, or do you think you'd go to your Xbox? I play on my Xbox. I love my PC, but it's it's weird for me to come in and sit at a computer chair in a room that's segregated from all the other rooms in the house, mm-hmm. which just removes sociability at all, even if I don't, like, if I want quiet time, I can come in here, you know, and that's <laughs> right. fine. I'm not going to get bothered, but... Just sitting on the couch and playing on the Xbox is like my comfort zone. So I would choose that over PC. Gotcha. Okay. I have contemplated, just because I love Supergiant so much, I've contemplated buying it on PlayStation. Uh, and then I would own it on three systems and have it obviously access to it on a four. Yeah. My I Xbox. considered buying a physical copy because uh, I, I saw the PlayStation <laughs> copy at, at Walmart, I think. Yeah. Which I think comes with like a book and like a download for the soundtrack which is nice but it's also just on spotify so but i guess i probably shouldn't say anything since i'm considering buying the game for a third time right Right. now i just really love that studio and everything that they've done so i don't mind supporting them um yeah we'll see if it happens i don't know if i will but cool anything else what do you think you're gonna play next josh like what's chomping at the bit what's next on that docket for you well, I moved my PlayStation 5 into my bedroom because I was noticing that I'm not actively playing it. And it's mm-hmm. been so hot. I haven't really been playing anything in the living room. Um, but there is AC in my bedroom. So I moved the PlayStation 5 in there. My plan is to continue Mass Effect trilogy because I've I, I've been lacking on, okay. on 
picking that up. However, I have had a real bug, no pun intended, uh, to play Cyberpunk again. Oh, wow. And I think that might happen. Um, I've been really wanting to do another playthrough. So I might, I might end up doing that. Interesting. Interesting. So uh, you lost, remind me, you lost your Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima save, yes? Yeah, I won't I won't be picking that back up until is that August twentieth? Uh yeah. The oh. LC comes out next week. Well never mind. I'll be playing Ghost <laughs> of Sushima next week. Okay. I yeah. forgot that that's so soon. I know. It's the twentieth or the twenty fourth, something soon. Soon it's coming. Yeah. So okay. Cool. I actually have contemplated. I've seen Cyberpunk on sale a couple times for PC, and I feel like my PC, since I have a decent one now, might be the best place for me to play it right now. For you, yeah, in your situation. Yeah, for yeah. me, yeah, in yeah. my situation. And I've seen it on sale a couple times, so but I haven't quite pulled the trigger on it yet. But I know how much you enjoyed it, so I, I want to play it. I just don't know if I want to trust the old Xbox One. Yeah. And I I need to move where my Xbox One X is right now because it's on a really itsy-bitsy TV. Uh, we were going to make some changes to our televisions and just never did. Yeah. So I probably should just move it back since I don't think we're going to make any changes. But anyway, I, yeah, cool. Well, for me, Josh, only a few things to talk about this week, but I think a few in important and maybe surprising things, at least for a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, I jumped into back into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Unlike most people who are up to date with gaming, though, um, I am doing the Wrath of the Druids DLC. So the DLC that came back in June, um, I am just getting to now. Obviously, the Siege of Paris, the newest DLC, just came out last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wanted to, you know, play them quote unquote in order. Uh, so I went back and looked, you know, and loaded up my 80 hour save uh, and my <laughs> character who is, you know, power 300 something. Uh, and, you know, I was really worried about getting back into this game because I haven't played it in a long time. Yeah. And, you know, just getting used to the controls and getting used to all that again. Josh, it was like riding a bike. Took Good. about five minutes. And I was like, I'm in this. This is great. Now, I am regularly poisoning and fire and, and setting people on fire and i don't exactly know why i'm doing that but other than that oh that's I, good <laughs> yeah well i mean it's working it's working out just fine uh so yeah wrath of the druids so the first dlc pack for assassin's creed valhalla uh has you going to ireland uh and you know you're gonna you know try to stave off the wrath of the druids uh it is so far i'm not super far into it they say it's about a 15 hour dlc pack i'm probably about two and a half or three hours in so i just got rolling on it uh, but so far, it does des- definitely feel like more Assassin's Creed. And if you really enjoyed Assassin's Creed Valhalla, maybe took some time off. Um, you know, r- now is a great time to get back in. There is the Sigurblot Festival going on right now as well, which is an in-game event that I am completely ignoring. Um, and just focusing on this, because the last in-game event that they did that I participated in, everything was bugged. And like oh, none no. of the quests <laughs> would ever work when I tried to finish them. And I was just like, forget it. Uh, and, you know, for the festivals, it mostly is like gear that you can get and i'm you know with the, with the changes they made to when they went to valhalla still using the same gear i was from like the first like five hours of the game you know an hour 85 or whatever that i'm in now so because you can just keep upgrading it and i really like it so having a good jolly good time smacking people with hammers and cutting them with axes and shooting them with arrows uh but yeah the one thing that is surprising though i should say surprising i forgot this game is really pretty it yeah. really is a nice looking game. And when you're in there and they've done a nice job, Ireland is very pretty. This is a beefy, um, 
bit of DLC. Like 15 hours is quite a bit of stuff, and there's there definitely is a good amount of story here, but there's a lot of other side missions, including some things that are some throwbacks to, to some things that used to be in Assassin's Creed that are now back again. Um, the, the main game tended to be much more kind of pick and choose where you wanted to go. And this much more is like, and there was a fog of war, but this very much is like, seems more fog of war. Like go out, venture forth, get your stuff, uncover the map as you go. Um, so that's one of the things that's happening. There's a new trade system that's built into it. That's pretty, pretty different. Uh, pigeon coops are back. So that's pretty exciting. You can go to some pigeon coops. <laughs> um, so that to get some contracts. So, you know, uh, like I said, some blast of the past there, but yeah, so far I'm really enjoying it. Uh, I was reticent to get back into this, knowing that Assassin's uh, that uh, Ghost of Tsushima's DLC was right around the corner as well. Uh, so I think probably what I will do is finish up Wrath of Druid stuff, probably go play Ghost of Tsushima, and then come back and do uh, Siege of Paris. But just like just like a, an old glove, getting right back in there, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is still, for me, a really enjoyable game. I, I really love my time with it. The next game I think is pretty surprising for me to have been playing. But <laughs> it surprised me because I was playing Pokemon Unite and then it said that you were playing this. And yeah. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was I dusted off and booted up my Nintendo Switch and was like, you know, I, I really need to give more attention to this machine because this is a really good system with really good games. So I said, okay, what can I only play on my Switch? And I looked at all the games that I already had and none of them were talking to me. So I said, well, let's go to the store and see what we got. So I was looking through the store and browsing through there and here's this game, the deluxe slash gold, like whatever super special edition of it, whatever you want to call it, usually $80 on sale for 20 bucks. Nice. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to jump in, and I have started playing Mario Rabbids Kingdom Battle, uh, which is a game style I traditionally don't like. Uh, this is not the... I'm not an XCOM person. I, I really don't like this ty- this style of game, which is kind of surprising for how much I enjoy video g- or board games, yeah. because I, I feel like there is a lot of board game parallels that can be drawn here. Uh, and I'm not super long into it. I'm only a couple hours into Mario Rabbids, but Josh, I'm really enjoying myself. This game is really fun. Uh, I guess everyone else was right who's <laughs> talked about how great this game is. Uh, I, you know, the story is a little goofy. I don't know if I totally understand what's going on or yeah. why it's going on. <laughs> uh, I'm not totally positive, like, why I'm following a vacuum cleaner everywhere, which I know it's not actually a vacuum cleaner, but it looks like a vacuum cleaner. But just how the how you enter battles... There is a little bit of thought to them, but they're not, you know, mind melting. But you're like, oh, I feel still reasonably smart when I am successful with them. Uh, there's a little bit of forgiveness there. It does really feel kind of like a great introduction to this strategy genre of, yeah. you know, getting into it and trying to use your moves effectively and trying to use your movement effectively um, and really trying to maximize everything that you do and, and being thoughtful and taking the time to think about what you're going to do and not just like, run in there and just go to town. So I'm surprised. I didn't think I was going to really like it, but I figured for how much other people seemed to be enjoying it for 20 bucks, I was going to give it a whirl. And so far, I'm glad I did. So Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, so far, minor thumb up. And I'd say minor only because I'm so early in it. Uh, we'll see what the staying power is with me. And the final game that I've been playing is a board game. Um, and there's a board game, Josh, that we have talked about on the show many times. Yes. And that board game is called Good Puppers. 
so Good Puppers is a trick-taking game, and I totally should have brought up all the information about it, and I didn't, but um, it was printed by Asmati Games, uh, designed by Chris C. Slick. Um, and in Good Puppers, you are trying to invite your friendly puppies from the dog park back to your yard to play games with you and to play puppy shenanigans. Uh, and like I said, it is a trick-taking game. And how it works is pretty straightforward. Uh, at the beginning of the game, you every player is dealt three cards. And then you have a yard, or excuse me, the dog park of about five. I think it's five cards in the center. Um, everyone decides which cards they're going to play. And you on, then all reveal them at the same time. The cards are then resolved in order because every single card is numbered 0 to 100. Uh, and the cards are resolved in order, uh, highest to lowest. And the benefit to going last, so if when you go highest, you play your card, do the trick if you can, because um, every card has a little bit of a special ability and it all has to do with burying bones. So you are able to bury bones within your yard, um, and then that's kind of how you get points in the game. But once you have played your card, so if you play your high card and get to go first, you get first pick then of dogs from the dog park to bring into your hand. But if you go last you get to pick the last, the remaining, you get to pick your dog plus the remaining dog from uh, the dog park. So you actually get two cards that way. So it's kind of a nice little way for you to be able to kind of build your hand a little more effectively. You get to play those cards out um, and you can't take the tricks with them, but you get to play out uh, those extra cards that you take into your yard, which will then boost um, your tricks in the future because most of the tricks are like for every shepherd you have do xyz or for every you know corgi you have do this thing so by taking those cards and adding them to your yard even though you don't get the benefit of doing the thing when you play cards later down the road you'll have more of those types of cards so it's just helpful that way uh so you know as far as trick-taking games go if you aren't into trick-taking games i don't think this is suddenly going to blow you away and make you go like oh my gosh trick-taking games are the best thing that i've ever seen <laughs> Uh, but there is some unique things with this um, that, you know, you're manipulating the bones that you have in your yard and you can rotate the bones. And the more they get rotated, the more points they're worth. So there is a little bit more strategy beyond just like getting bones and trying to pick certain dogs. It's also about, you know, trying to manipulate them, rotate them. Um, and yeah, it, it's a pretty fun little game. You know, I, I really enjoyed my time with it as someone who doesn't play a ton of trick taking games. Uh, I still think it is a... Uh, a fun little, you know, I don't know if it's as good as Diamonds is, but it's definitely a game that I'm, I have enjoyed my time with. Um, there is a card that I think is pretty, or one of the uh, cards is pretty funny because it's called Best Doggo, and they're cats that are dressed up as dogs. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, it's pretty fun. The, the drawbacks to me are, uh, oh, and I probably should have said this at the beginning, um, because the cards are numbered 0 to uh, 99, or 0 to 100, whatever it is, or 0 to 99, um, every breed is a tens number so like 10 through 19 is like shepherds and then yeah. 20 through 29 is like corgis and then the second number the ones number so the the 11 12 13 14 all of those determine what the trick is that the dog does so they're all the same so like 11 and 21 they're different breeds but they do the same thing gotcha so 11 and 31 different breeds do the same thing uh so you're it, it's a really interesting way to kind of break those things up the downfall though is that the art for an entire breed is identical 
Mm. So 11, 10 through 19, the art is uh, is exactly the same. And I, in some ways, that could be helpful because you immediately know that this goes with that. Like, it's like, oh, these are all going to be the same in the same breed. Yeah. Which is nice. But the downfall is, is that, like, I could have used the pictures of 100 doggos, like, or art of 100 doggos. Like, right. I would have been totally okay with that. And the color scheme is the same, though. So, like, if they had just kept the color scheme the same and done different art, like, that had been really nice. Like, if the color scheme was the same for 10 to 19, but the art of the dogs was different, that would have been awesome. But this game was also like ten dollars. Yeah. That so makes and sense. art and art is expensive. So I totally <laughs> yeah. get it. Like you can't, you know, always do everything. But if you are looking for a fun trick taking game, you like dogs. I, like I said, I think this is a, a nice one to add to the repertoire. I don't know that it's necessarily going to replace any other trick taking game, uh, but I think it is a fun, nice little addition there. And if you've never taken one. Uh, or never played a trick-taking game is an easy avenue into what trick-taking games are. So good, good puppers. Um, definitely a fun little game that uh, you can pick up if you want to. Uh, I'm glad that I finally got my copy and it's not on the bottom of the ocean anymore. So, well, actually, yeah. my one copy probably still is on the bottom of the ocean, but this copy that I have yeah. is not. So. <laughs> the second copy. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So that's what I have been playing. All right, Josh. So we're going to move on then to our other topics of the show. And you told me as we were setting up show notes for this, you're like, hey, I have a game for us to play that should probably be both of our topics or one of our topics. So, Josh, I have no idea what this game is. I have no idea how you want to embarrass me, but I'm sure it's going to happen. (laughs) So uh, I'm going to turn it over to you. Take it away. What is this game we're playing? Okay. And even if it doesn't, if even if it's not long enough for our two topics, it's going to help us streamline our show to be done earlier if it doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we are celebrating 200 episodes of Board of Video Games. That means there have been 200 titles of shows. Oh, gosh. Yeah, there has. So I have. A list here, um, and then I also have a way for our listeners to participate in a contest afterwards. But what I have is one, two, three, four, five rounds for you. Each round, I'm going to list four potential episode titles, and you need to tell me which one is the fake. Okay, so you'll give me four. Three are legitimate. One is fake. Correct. And okay. there's five rounds. And then the last round is for the listeners. You cannot participate. Okay. Now, it should be relatively easy for you because you named most of these. But it's also 200. There's 200 of them. (laughs) Yes. And uh, the ones that are real, I'll tell you the episode titles after the episode numbers after the round is over. Just so you can have an idea of which is which. Okay. You ready? I I, am ready as I'm going to be. I'll read four titles. If you want me to repeat anything, let me know. Okay. We'll start with the first title. A board game or a video game? Second title. Don't pass me by. Third title is Settlers of Batman. And fourth title is Refrigerator. What was the third title? Settlers of Batman. So we have a that board game the... or a video game. That's one title. Uh-huh. Don't pass me by. Settlers. I guess I'm putting a question mark. It's not necessarily a question mark at the end. <laughs> Settlers of Batman and Refrigerator. 
I want to go say Settlers of Batman. Yeah, that's correct. not a title. That okay. is not a title. <laughs> so, board game or a video game was episode number two. Don't Pass Me By, episode 98. Refer router, episode 141. <laughs> I, the, I remember Refer router distinctly because I was really happy with that, proud of that title. Yeah, it seems, that seems like uh, it would be easy to remember if you came up with it. Okay, next round. First title, Billion. Second title, A Warming Beverage. Third title, Grab Bag a Palooza. Fourth title, Play Some Board Games. Play Some Board Games. Yeah, you nailed it. (laughs) (laughs) So episode 148 was Billion, 166 was A Warming Beverage, and episode 15 was Grab Bag a Palooza. Two for two. You're nailing it. I probably didn't make these very good. <clears throat> but that's okay. Third ca- third, uh, third ca- category? Third round. Uh, subscribe. Back for more. But where do I begin? No time for topics. Roll in the hay. Oh, this... Oh, man. One more time, please. Sure. Subscribe slash back for more. But where do I begin? No time for topics. Roll in the hay. But where do I begin? Ooh, now that was episode five. Oh, no. <laughs> Roll in the hay was the fake one. I was trying, because I right when you said that, I was like, man, I'm thinking roll, roll, roll and see hay. But I was, I was like, I, I, hmm, okay, yep. <laughs> Uh, episode 16 was subscribe slash back for more. Episode 103 was no time for topics. Okay. Round four. Start off with surprise. Asmo all day. Could PUBG be a board game? What's in a name? Asmo all day. Damn it. Yeah, I thought. That was really good, John. <laughs> That's such a good one. Because I, I was like, that was that's so be... good that if I had come up with it, I would have remembered it. And I know <laughs> I didn't. So that, oof, that was a okay. good one. Uh, a surprise was 153. Could PUBG be a board game? We were way ahead of this one, episode four. Uh, and what's in a name, episode 14. All right, last round for you. We have, we start with Dead of Winter. We love loving games. Hype, hype, hype. And finally, judge us by what we did? Uh, the first one. That of winter? Correct. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah! <laughs> four for five. Good job. Thanks. I was okay. pretty happy with that result. Yeah, that was great. You did good. Uh, all right, here's our listener contest. So I'm going to do the same thing for our listeners. I'm going to give you four titles. And you are going to have to tweet us. The answer, the first tweet I see will be the winner of some Board of the Video Games merch. Ooh, merch, you say? I will DM the winner, and uh, we'll we'll send you off some Board of the Video Games swag, if that sounds cool. So, here we go, listeners. Here's your four episode titles. You need to tweet me, tweet us. The the incorrect title, not a show. Don't go. I mean, if you want to really go look through two hundred episodes, 
to try to make sure you get it right. You can, but that seems crazy. Uh, all right, we're gonna start with off the rails. Next, magic on tap, followed by and Ron makes three. Ending with pitch us your podcast. So I'll do it one more time. I'll do one, two, three, four, so it's easier. Number one, off the rails. Number two, magic on tap. Number three, and Ron makes three. Number four, pitch us your podcast. Three of those were show titles. Tweet us the one that was not. And we'll hook you up. I think that one was actually the hardest of them. Good. <laughs> I don't have to send you swag. <laughs> you don't. That is true. I was like, I had to think about that one. I think I know the answer to it, but we'll talk about it afterwards. Um, <laughs> but yeah, dang. Well, hey, Josh, thanks for putting that together. That was fun. No problem. And I, I am happy with my four out of five. I would have preferred five out of five, but I'll take the 80%. Hey, you did way better than I've done when you quiz me on movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, theoretically, you didn't create all of those movies, whereas mm. I mean, that's true created i created no movies <laughs> so awesome well the transitioning what is your uh second topic then this week, oh Josh? yeah <laughs> i have to start okay uh <laughs> second topic you remember that time that you tried to kill me no i don't okay well narrative board game narrative board game that time okay i should start reading things before i say them out loud so from dicebreaker.com there is a narrative board game coming out called that time you killed me. Um, it is, I believe, okay, it's by Pandasaurus. And it lets players engage in temporal assassination. I actually wanted to cover this because it reminded me of what Deathloop might be about. I don't know still okay. what Deathloop is about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, as, they, as uh, we... Uh, are told this is a narrative scenario-based board game about a pair of time hoppers determined to write their name and whatever twisted strand of history survives the slaughter. Uh, published by Pandasaurus, uh, which they announced on August 11th. They call it an abstract game. It's from designer Peter Hayward, uh, where two players will go toe-to-toe in a battle to murder the other in short sessions that can last anywhere between 15 and 30 minutes. Each armed with a time machine, they will hop through alternate time streams and across three separate 4x4 griddle, griddle, <laughs> griddle, blah, gridded boards in search for their foe, while also evading the other's traps, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, yes, so uh, each inventor will leave multiple copies of themselves across the fourth dimension's labyrinth passageways. Um, and players will need to deal with each if they hope to put the pretender down for good, as it's said. At the same time, their own copies will be methodically butchered, <laughs> keeping both players on an even shortening clock. Um, so sessions play out over four distinct chapters that each uh, use different rules and components. And uh, what we've, they've shown from the game so far is they come. it looks like they come in four different boxes. Uh, but they haven't. Uh, Pandasaurus hasn't really said what's in them yet. Uh, maybe we can get Danny back on to talk to us about about this game because I think it sounds pretty unique and totally cool. I think uh, it's going to come out uh, later this year. It's going to be forty bucks, which is standard now. I think for most 
board games. So I think that's a good price so far. Um, although we don't know too much more about the game. It is illustrated by Joe Ross, though. So uh, the art is pretty cool looking. Any this this game interests you at all, Kyle? It is interesting. I, I like the fact that it is a two-player game, um, and that is something that potentially I could get my partner to play with me. Uh, it is a very unique-looking game. The art is not something you're probably going to confuse with most other games. Like, when you look at it, yeah. you're like, hey, uh, this is that time you killed me, uh, and you're not going to really, you know, get too confused. Uh, I do like the fact that it says that it is releasing at some point in space-time. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> shipping. Things are weird right now. Things are weird. But yeah, I am interested. It looks cool. It's a unique styled game. It's not something I don't know that we can really draw a ton of uh, parallels to other games. Um, and yeah, I, I think I am interested. How about you, Josh? Is this something you're going to pre-order to get at some point in the future? I probably won't pre-order it. I'll definitely get it. Um, two players, uh, quick playtimes, very appealing. And um, I like the fact that a lot of the key artwork is hidden by what what we don't know yet, which is in the which the, like I'm a sucker for a blind box or a mystery box. So any game right. that <clears throat> has that like legacy aspect to it in some way, um, I'm in. And I I really like the art in it. And even if the game isn't abstract, the art certainly is, uh, which I'm a fan of. Yeah. Well, and I just appreciate, too, that Pandasaurus, I think, has really been hitting the sweet spot with their games in that, you know, they definitely have their less expensive games because they have, like, the game uh, and and things like that that are a little bit less expensive. But they really have been kind of owning that 30 to $50, maybe, I think, Dinosaur, oh, boy. Dinosaur World is, is 70 bucks. 60 or 70, 70 bucks. Like, yeah, I was like, I know they have that one might be a little bit more expensive, but for the most part, you know, that 30 to $50 price point, um, Pandasaurus has been nailing. And we've talked all the time about uh, how that price point specifically is very appealing because you can get a good quality game with decent components that looks pretty cool um, for, you know, a really reasonable price. And the, there are some companies who are doing it well, and Pandasaurus is one of them. So uh, that in and of itself, too, makes me, you know, interested in supporting it. But yeah, this seems really cool um, and not something I would have been like, I don't know that I, I don't know that I would have been super interested in this or picked this as a as something that I wanted. Yeah. But now that I've heard about it, uh, I I do kind of want it. <laughs> so. Well, we did our job then. Awesome. Anything else, Josh? About uh, that time you killed me. Uh no. Check it out. Okay. It looks cool. Go to pandasaurus games pandasaurusgames to check it out if you want to see some more art and uh, check out some pricing. Yeah, absolutely. Or pre-order it if you want to for some point in the future. Even. Yeah. All right, Josh, my topic this week uh, is going to be, you know, all about uh, that little, their company, Nintendo. I don't know if you've heard of them, Josh. They're, uh, they have this handheld console called the Switch that apparently is selling reasonably well. Mm. Uh, Apparently they've sold a couple of copies or, uh, you know, people have purchased that console and seem to enjoy it. Uh, but Nintendo did do uh, an indie showcase uh, yeah. this last week, and another indie world, as they like to call them. Uh, and first off, Josh, did you get a chance to watch the indie world showcase on August 11th? I did watch it. Yes. What were your before we talk about the games that they talked about? Just in general, overall impressions of the showcase. 
Um, it it kind of echoed my thoughts from the last Nintendo thing. Like everyone seemed to be super excited, and I was like the one kid missing out. I was like, okay, it was fine. It wasn't bad. I just I don't think there was a single game I was there was one game I wanted to play from the whole thing. Ooh, really, Josh? What was that one game that you want to play? Uh, it was Metal Slug Tactics. Really interesting, and I know we like we had already seen that game. We already knew it existed. Yes. So okay, well, Josh, I do feel like you and I are a little different on this one. I really enjoyed this showcase. Actually, Good. I thought there was a lot of really charming games in this showcase, and that um a number of them I, I am very interested to play. So. Uh, let's go ahead. We'll kind of go through this. Uh, this is not the list I have is not in order, unfortunately, but we'll just kind of go through anyway, and it'll be totally fine. Hmm. Uh, first, Josh, this first game, (laughs) Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Yeah, the game that I I can't believe they can, they can't, how can they make this game? (laughs) What do you mean? It is the, it is... I don't know how Sega is not suing them. It is Jet Grind Radio yeah, 100% to is. the T. There's no, like, <laughs> I couldn't believe what I was seeing. <laughs> it really it really is. I thought, I was like, how is this, a, like, an indie? Because I literally thought it was a reboot of Jet Grind in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but but it's not. We have uh, Bomb Rush Cyber Funk, which let me tell you, though, when that uh, title came up on the screen, I did a quadruple take to make sure I was understanding what that with that uh, with the way that are stylizing their art. It's the worst sure... font for a video game ever. Oh, my gosh. I was like cyber <laughs> funk. OK, make it sure. Make it yeah. sure. Because who. But yeah, man, that font. Ooh, that is rough to read. Uh, so. Did you do you like the Jack Ryan games? Did you like? I have fond memories of them, but I don't know that I ever would ever venture to say I liked them. Yeah, kind of the same way. I don't know that I need it back in my in my life. I don't know if I need another Jet Set Jet Grind style game. Uh, but I I know there are people who are really excited about those and probably stoked about this game. I not this was not one of the games that made me all giggly. Um, those will come later. Uh, we also got uh, Axiom Verge 2, which is another game we knew about. But what we didn't know is that Axiom Verge 2 released on Tuesday, uh, not only on Nintendo, but also on PlayStation and PC. Yeah. Uh, so those are the places you can get it right now. Did you A, did you play the original Axiom Verge? Any desire to play Axiom Verge 2? I didn't play it. Um, based on people's reactions, maybe I should play it because people seem to be very excited for this, which is great. I'm glad that they are. I just uh, I never got on the, the bandwagon. Well, you are welcome. You own Axiom Verge on PlayStation, just so okay. you know. Um, okay. So you are welcome to play it. Uh, and I will likely get this in the future, but probably at a discount. Not because I don't think it's worth full price, but I just have too many other things to play right now. Um, I enjoyed Axiom Verge. It was fun. It was a cool game. And the fact that Tom Hap, single developer, did literally basically everything for the game is pretty impressive. And if you enjoy Metroid, it definitely is a love letter to those style of games. Um, and so the Axiom Verge was fun. I know Axiom Verge 2 is getting good reviews, I would say. I don't know if they're amazing, but they're good. Um, so, yeah, so check that out. Um, that is available in multiple places. But I think the fact that it's out now is pretty surprising to people. Yeah. Uh, th- uh, another game uh, from Chucklefish was Eastward. Josh, this was not the uh, – you were not stoked about this? I thought everyone wanted to play Eastward. 
I mean, I, I will say, sure, it, it looks interesting. And, uh, yeah, you could, I would argue Charming would probably also qualify, but it's not my style of game. Yeah, I mean, action-adventure RPG with puzzle-solving and dungeon elements, as the description says. Yeah, it looks cool. I, I also was not on high of this as other people uh, were or seemed to be, especially in our Discord, which is great. I'm not saying you shouldn't be. Um, I just think that people were way more into this than I thought they were going to be. But, hey, that's cool. Glad that uh, people are getting a game that they're excited about. Uh, another game that was shown was Toem, a photo adventure, a nice little kind of hand-drawn black and white game that has you taking pictures of things. Josh, what did you think of this game? Uh, cool concept. Um, I like the idea of it, just definitely not a game I would ever play. <laughs> gotcha. See, this was like the game of the show for me. I yeah. thought this game looked incredible. Yeah, this is something I'm really excited about. I They <clears throat> said that there is a... A demo, I don't know if that's PC only or if it is on Switch. I haven't even looked. Um, but playing the demo, they said we'd be able to carry over your progress. I thought this game looked awesome. Uh, this is definitely something up my alley. Yeah. Um, so this is something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Uh, Josh, Shovel Knight. Do you like Shovel Knight? Are you a fan of Shovel Knight? I love Shovel Knight. So are you going to play Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon person who said this showcase was bad? I don't know what this game is. Is it <laughs> is it Tetris? Is it Shovel Knight? Is it No, we both? haven't gotten to Tetris yet. That's later. Those levels look so confusing and yeah. probably frustrating. So no, I have no interest in this game. <laughs> uh, neither, and I don't have any fr- any interest in Shovel Knight Dig. I think is the other one that they're stealing from uh, another IP. <laughs> Actually, um, when I saw you playing Mario and Rabbids. Uh, I went back to my library to also reinstall it because I never finished it. And I saw I, that I, I never finished Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. So I think what I'll probably end up doing is I reinstalled Mario and Rabbids today. I'll probably reinstall Shovel Knight and revisit that because I really do like Shovel Knight a lot. Yeah, Shovel Knight is fun. I actually played Shovel Knight on my Vita. Whoa. So that, yeah, so that's where I played Shovel Knight and really enjoyed it. Uh, and yeah, I, I don't know that I'm going to play. I will say I was also very confused by... What they were showing, I didn't yeah. really grasp and grok what was going on in the game. Uh, so I don't want to hold that against it because it just might be because I'm a dum-dum. But it didn't immediately appeal to me. But because I liked Shovel Knight so much, I'm not against this game. I just would want to know more before I would jump into it. Yeah. So uh, then Metal Slug Tactics, Josh. Tell me about your, your desire for this and your love for this game. I just love Metal Slug. And this game... What what this game really reminds me of is Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. And it's like a love letter to this type of game, this like and like with with Final Fantasy Tactics being the same, um adding in really nice artwork but also keeping it true to the original like vision of the game and they're adding in like animation for cutscenes instead of just changing the animation style. Which I love. I love that it keeps that and it keeps it um, nostalgic, right? That would probably be the better word for, for what I want to say. I was going to say that, you know, as someone who doesn't like tactics games, but I don't know if I can say that anymore. <laughs> hey, if Mario and Rabbids helps you get through that threshold, I would love to recommend Mutant Year Zero to you. Oh, yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see how long I, I stick around with Mario and Rabbids. But like I said, right now I am smitten. So. Yeah. 
But as a result, I hadn't played Mario Rabbids yet. So when I watched this, I was like, oh, yeah, we saw this before. Still not interested. Maybe I will be now. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, next, or another game that was talked about was Tetris Effect Connected, which yeah. now will be everywhere. Uh, I, I think there's no arguing that Tetris Effect is a amazing game. Uh, yeah. And then Connected playing it multiplayer, obviously, also cool. Uh, any desire to play Tetris Effect Connected on Switch, Josh? Uh, no, it's on Game Pass. I mean, well, I guess the mobility, but I have I have been playing Tetris on my phone. The mm. mobile and the mobile Tetris is fantastic. Right. Um. So I really already don't I don't have that need for mo- portable because I'm already fulfilling it. So, um, you know, you know something about t- Tetris Effect Connected visually maybe it will still look good on switch i don't think it will look bad but i think there's something to be said for how good it looks and sounds on a console and that's my biggest issue with this not and if this is the only way people can play it like i think that's just a fact it's still an uh, amazing game you should totally play it but after having played tetris effect in vr like oh, even yeah. going back to just a non-vr version of tetris effect is slightly disappointing um so i can't even imagine paring it down all the way to playing on the screen of my switch i think i'd even be a little more disappointed just knowing how cool uh this game is in vr i think the same thing could be said for thumper was the other game where i was oh, like yeah. i played that game in vr and then i tried played to play that in vr not- and i couldn't i couldn't get my brain around that game <laughs> oh really i loved it in vr i thought it was so amazing fast. but then it- but then as soon as it went back to not being in VR, like when I tried to play it, I just I was like, this game has just lost all of what I thought made it cool when I play it not in VR. And I kind yeah. of feel that way about Tetris Effect as well. But if hey, like I said, if this only thing you can do or only way someone could play it, go for it. Tetris is a great game pretty much no matter what. So Yeah. Uh Josh, far changing tides. What were your thoughts? Uh looks interesting. Uh it reminded me of that Sea of Solitude game, maybe. Is yeah. that what I'm thinking of? Yeah, a little bit. Um, a game I also just barely played a little bit of, so I just think it's um uh, another one of those adventure games I'm not gonna play. Yeah, I mean call me a fake gamer person, I guess. I didn't know Far Alone Sales was even a game. Me neither. So yeah. so when they're like, Oh yeah, we're taking everything we learned from that game, I was like, I didn't even know that other thing was a thing. But I thought <laughs> it looked cool. I don't know if I'll play it, but I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, a definitely a PC darling slash indie darling game that a lot of people really seem to love. Loop Hero, Josh. Uh, yeah. Thoughts on this coming to Switch? Uh, it's great. It's great for Switch. Uh, yeah. This is a game that is too intimidating for me, I think, to play. Every time I see gameplay of it, I'm like, I don't know that I can figure this game out. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, people but people really seem love to love it. it. <laughs> yeah, people really, really love this game. I think it's awesome that it's coming to Switch. Uh, you know, a Devolver game, but... Uh, you know, that means a little certain something. So, yep, cool that it's coming to another platform for people to play it on. Uh, and I, like you, I've, I've watched it, and I'm like, I don't know that I fully... Like, I understand what you're doing, but I don't know if I'd be good at it. So, we'll move on there. Uh, Josh's potential game of the year, Boyfriend Dungeon, was talked about. Yes. And he has no response. Okay, because we know that it's not for him, but I would like to try it. So, we'll see how that goes. Uh, yes. Necrobarista Final Pour, Josh, any desire to play that? Oh, this game. Hold on. Let me refresh my memory. Nope. No. Nope. I do like the art style. I think it looks pretty interesting. But I don't... It seems like this is like a... I don't know. Is this like a game for Ace Attorney fans or something? 
Is it like a narrative driven? Yeah, it's very narrative driven. And yeah, I, I am moderately interested in it. I think this is a Kevin game. <laughs> yes. You know, Kevin and I, I can play Kevin it like we yeah. yeah, we'll play we'll play it and talk and do a podcast about it like we did Virginia. So yeah. uh what about Islanders console edition? Looks really neat. Uh I'm not doing games like this on consoles though. Uh this is a PC game if I was ever gonna play it. Yeah, I agree. I think it looks really cool. I had not heard of this game before, uh, which is one of the reasons I really enjoy these indie showcases. Uh, And I I thought it looked awesome, but I I don't know that I'll play it on my Switch, but glad that I know about it now. What about Garden Story? Okay, so my wife, I showed this to my wife because this seems like right up her alley. It's Stardew, right? Meets Zelda, a little bit more Zelda. I think more Zelda, yeah. Stardew, but you're a grape. I mean, it seems cool. Uh, I won't. I mean, like I said, uh, actually, I don't think I did say this. I think that this was a good showcase for Nintendo, but. Not for you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that, sure. that, that, that. Uh, I thought this game looked adorable uh, and it was very precious. Uh, I want to play as a grape with a sword. That seems pretty cool. Uh, so I have not picked up Garden Story, uh, but I was planning to go read some reviews of it or watch some more gameplay of it because I thought it looked pretty neat. Uh, Slime Rancher Plortable Edition. Uh, people really who like Slime Rancher really seem to like Slime Rancher. Josh, you have any desire to play that game? Nope. Okay, kind of where I'm at too. What about the Astroneer, which is also kind of everywhere and now coming to Switch? Okay, cool. Curious Expedition Two. Sorry, I was trying to look up a guard, uh, Garden Story meta a critic score for you, but there's no rating for the Switch yet or PC, so I can't give you reviews sorry um <clears throat> astroneer no no did you say the next one yet or was it curious expedition was... 2 did i pass out at this point in the thing this was this was during like the sizzle reel at the end okay um yeah. oh no it looks like a point and click adventure game yep yeah i mean past josh would have been interested in this oh there's <laughs> dice Oh, there's like a dune sand monster. No, dinosaurs, okay. giant turtle. I don't know. This game is weird. Maybe I am interested in this game. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking yourself in and out as you watch the trailer. Yeah, no, I'm not. No, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Uh, 100 Days Winemaking Simulator, Josh. You want to make some wine? Oh, I did catch this. Was this in the sizzle reel? Maybe I just missed the top It was one. in the sizzle reel, yeah. Um, This looks like a ripoff of Viticulture, right? I mean, it is a video game version of Viticulture is what it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I know yeah. that Jamie Stegman is trying to do a digital version of Viticulture, so yeah. he might not be thrilled about this game existing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's fine. Uh, Gang Beast, Josh, which is also available everywhere and now coming to Switch. What are your thoughts? Hey, you know what? I have Gang Beast. I bought it. Uh, apparently, I made Kevin buy it. I don't remember that. Uh, he oh. played it once with me and he just never came back. I still want to play more of this game. It seems like a lot of fun. Gotcha. I have played Gang Beasts. Uh, it can be really fun. Uh, it, it is another one of those games that who you play with matters a lot. Like yeah. if you're playing with friends who are fun, it is a good time. But the controls in that <laughs> game are frustrating enough that I can't imagine doing this with my Joy-Cons. So, Did you hear that, you know. Kevin? It depends on who you're playing with. And if they're not very fun, you might not have a good time. So that explains my experience playing with Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then Lumberjack. I like the name. I the art style looks like Blood Roots. Is that the name of that game that I just? Yeah, played? that is the name of that game. Yep. 
Uh, seems cool. Not for me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it seems slightly interesting, but yeah, not high on the list. So overall, Josh, in Annapurna? For Lumber? It looks like the people who made Donut County. Uh, no, the no. people who made Donut Armor County. Game Studios. They're making that weird card shooter game that I can't remember the name of. Mm. Yeah, but anyway, that's who the Donut County people are making. Um, so overall, Josh, you said good showcase, but not for you. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem. I think every game they showed looks good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, if anything, it really just kind of cements the Switch as an awesome indie hardware. Uh, what's the word? An awesome indie game console. <laughs> yeah. It It is clear that Nintendo is crushing the indie space right now. Absolutely crushing. So much so that a lot of those games, like some of them are, you know console launch exclusives and things like that on switch but some of those games that they talked about launched on other consoles or into game pass the day of the event and and everyone's still just talking about them being on switch so yeah um nintendo absolutely killing that i i feel like the the indie game cycle like seems to cycle between the console makers right for a long time there it was xbox who was like the ones that everyone went into and then in early in the ps4 generation it became playstation and then that kind of dwindled and when the switch became like it was really switch driven and now it seems like xbox is trying is regaining their footing a little bit as far as that goes uh but yeah i i do kind of enjoy the fact that at some point people are always fighting over indies and, and finding a strong desire to showcase them and it was something that especially many years ago when I had a ton of time to play video games. I played a lot more indies than I do now, uh, and I do genuinely love indie games. It's just hard when you don't have a ton of time to play games to to divvy up your time in a way that it feels like you're able to get like everything you need out of sitting down because it's always the hard part with indie games is that sometimes they are absolutely amazing, and sometimes yeah. they are really not. You know, the, the ceiling is very, very high, but the floor is also very, very low. Uh, whereas, you know, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the ceiling might not be as high, but the floor is much higher as well. So, like, I am more confident in the experience I'm going to have when I have a very limited amount of time to do it. So, mm-hmm. um, but I'm trying hard. I, I want to get more into playing more indie games again because they are just so accessible these days, especially with Game Pass. So, yeah. Anything else? Any other thoughts on the Nintendo Indie Showcase? Uh, keep it coming. I mean, even if I don't like it, it's great. That that uh that the Nintendo fans are getting what they want, and that's all that really matters when it comes down to it. Da 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 indie world. Okay. Well, Josh, it is time for some homework updates. Obviously, every two weeks you and I give each other some homework about what we want the other person to do, report back how it's gone, assign oh, yeah. new homework, all of that good stuff. So it's that time, Josh. It's been two weeks. Two weeks ago, you were assigned to play Twilight Struggle since you have the, you know, handy dandy version on PC. Yeah. How'd it go, Josh? Are you a Twilight <laughs> Struggle expert now? It went about as good as the first time I played it. I don't know that I can tell you exactly how to play the game or even closely how to play the game. Uh, I can tell you I didn't remember a lot from my first experience. So. Yeah, you play as either the U.S. or the USSR. You are trying to gain influence over the globe, much like Risk, except you're not using armies, you're using influence. 
the space race is also a part of the game where you can get victory points for getting to space first. There, uh, so you're given uh, a hand of eight cards. On your turn, you have to start with an event card, and typically an event card is a card that gets discarded once you play it, but technically you can use any card as an event card. And what it does is listed on the card. Uh, the game is uh, very plain looking. Uh, the sounds for the game are like a generic music soundtrack with a randomly inserted historical audio clips that play sometimes in the background, like FDR speaking or <laughs> something just like out of the blue. Um, the cards that you get, some cards are, they have like victory, they have influence points on them or they have a different word for it, but they have numbers one through four, I think is the highest. And uh, some of them have a, a, a red star. Some of them have a blue star. Some of them are hybrid stars. And say, for example, I'm the US and I play a card that is a red star and I'm doing it, let's say, to get the the, the influence points off of it. You can also um, um, do do a coup. Is that what it is? In, enact a coup. Um, do a coup. Do a coup. Um, but if you if I play a card that has the USSR star on it, I can use it as an event or get influence. But then they also get to do the action from the card. So the cards that you use are important in, in, in the order you use them. Also, if you get a scoring card, so there are cards that say like uh, Middle East scores, Europe scores, um, and then maybe South America scores. You will always have two cards in your hand at the end of a full round. But if you don't play the scoring card as one of your cards in your turn, you automatically lose the game. Oh, okay. Um, and the scoring cards work is usually you just you're getting points um, based on how much of that area on the scoring card you uh, have influence. And so, like sometimes you might not want to play it because you might you might only get four points in the the computer, or your opponent will get ten points depending on what they have. Uh, so it's all about global domination really or not even global domination because you can't occupy the united states or russia so you're really just trying to gain influence on all the surrounding um countries that being said uh i don't know that i have a firm grasp on how to play it or what i'm doing <laughs> um and i certainly did not win the games that i played I feel like when I played with Lucas from Flux to Post, I had more fun at least than playing solo against the computer. So for me, it's definitely a game to be played with other people. At least you can both laugh at the mistakes you make. Gotcha. Computer doesn't laugh at you. Well, it might laugh at you, but it doesn't tell you that it's laughing. Was it interesting enough, though, that you would want to play it with other people? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you don't even really want to play it with Lucas ever again. I mean, I would, I would certainly play it again on computer on the pc because i have it and i right. i think i gifted it to a bunch of people or i convinced them <laughs> to buy a board game bundle one of the two uh i mean i could learn it for sure it is only a two-player game i just don't see myself playing a physical version of it 
Um, but if you told me you wanted to play Twilight Struggle, I wouldn't say no. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Well, I appreciate you jumping in and playing it. That is no great. problem. Um, so mine was I needed to pick a wrapped board game, open it, and play it. And I did do that, and I talked about it earlier when I played I the puppers. <laughs> so I did go ahead and do that. I was pretty excited about it because, uh, you know, it's nice to be able to be like, well, Josh assigned that I have to play this game, so we have to go ahead and play it Yeah. Um, in the next two weeks. So, no, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Um, I, You know, trick-taking games are not something that we play a ton in this house, uh, but it was nice to be able to go ahead and uh, give, it, give it a whirl because uh, I was able to, since it was a short game, it was something I was able to make happen. So, Josh, this means we have to give assignments for two weeks from now. Um, can you do me a favor? Of course. Pick a number one through five. Uh, four. Four. Okay. Let me take a look here. One, two. This one took a long time. Three. Sorry, I don't know why that one took so much longer than the other ones did. Do you have any idea what I'm doing right now, Josh? Four. Uh, uh, some type of random generator I, I of am, something. <laughs> I am random generating things for you here. So, Josh, here's your task for two weeks from now. Uh, <laughs> your job, uh, we'll say an hour. Uh, you have to play Dodgeball Academia. Oh, okay. So. All right. That is your that is your responsibility. Well, at least one hour of dodgeball academia. I I, I did the surprise me four times, and that was That's the game that came up at the end of it. So, it actually I had to do it a fifth time because the fourth time was a game I know you had played. So okay, all right. So that is your okay. your, your assignment, Josh. Cool. What is my assignment for two weeks? Well, I now? was going to give you a game pass game, um, but That's since fine. but no no no, I'll mix it up. I you need to in two weeks. You have had to have played Asonia at least once. Okay. I can do that. That's a board game, people who are listening. That is a board who game, might not people. know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it is a board game that we both have. Okay. I, I have to play Asonia. Done. Cool. All right. Well, with that, then we're going to move towards wrapping up the show. Look at this, Josh, staying so close to this time. Oh, my gosh. We're so good at this now. So obviously we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to give you one other recommendation we're into that's helping us live that well-rounded life. Josh, what is your recommendation for our listeners this week? I would recommend that you watch What If on Disney+. Plus. Uh, it is still in the, I guess you could say it's an MCU, kind of, sort of. It's adjacent. It's in, It's uh, What If is a Marvel series on Disney+. Plus. It's animated. It is based off of the What If comic book series that uh, is long out of print, to my knowledge. Uh, But it ponders the question. What if? If you've watched Loki um, or the last Spider-Man, you may be familiar with the uh, looming threat of multiverse. And this is playing in that in the in those worlds where things are a bit different and in the first episode of what if we see um Sharon Carter Sharon Carter no that's her niece ah oh, agent carter because i'm forgetting her peggy. first name peggy, peggy carter. carter wow peggy carter um takes the super soldier serum Instead of Steve Rogers, and she becomes Captain Carter. 
and uh, I won't spoil. There's more in it that is not advertised in the commercials, but other characters do end up becoming other characters you know from comics. I'm really excited because they're bringing Marvel Zombies to this series. Uh, we're also going to get to see T'Challa as Star-Lord. These are not spoilers. These are all in the uh, uh, teasers. But um, it's just fun to see them play around with, with that universe and what may or may not be interesting to people. But I would say the first episode of What If was uh, very good, I thought. So is it true or accurate i should say because obviously like you had mentioned that this is there was the comic run of what if yeah but that the what if they are doing now is all based off of the mcu correct like it is the mcu versions of these characters yeah i th- i think that's a fair uh they're all they're they are certainly um animated to be portrayals of the mcu characters yes so that way, if you are someone who's like, well, I've never read the comics, so I don't know you know, oh, how yeah. much I could connect to this. Like, It's okay if you are plugged into the MCU that this version of What If should still work for you. They didn't nail, uh, they didn't get all the voice actors, but I will say I did have to look up who, did, who was doing Steve Rogers' voice because they nailed Chris Evans' voice. Oh, really? Seamless. Like, it could, it, I thought it was chris evans and then i was like there's no way they paid him enough money to do this (laughs) (laughs) all right josh so my recommendation this week is a bit of a i don't want to say an odd one but i think it's kind of an odd one and that is 1990s disaster movies oh that's a good one just as a genre over the last two weeks probably i have for whatever reason Rewatched. Bad timing, but good choice. I know, right? I rewatched <laughs> Dante's Peak and Volcano and Twister and Armageddon and the original Independence Day. And I think you could even potentially say, like, on the fringe, like something like Deep Blue Sea, not a global thrill, like global catastrophe, <laughs> sure. but still a disaster thing that kind of happens there a little bit. There's just something about those movies. And, oh, Outbreak, which was probably the really weird one to watch. Oh, but I, I did. watched Outbreak right now. <laughs> oh, it was actually, I forgot, that. it's actually a really quote unquote good movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, something about those movies and, and the innocence of the 90s that allowed those movies to be entertaining to us. Because, you know, the reason those movies were so big is because everything in the world was good, supposedly. So, you know, disaster <laughs> movies were a nice escape because everything was great. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, I think HBO Max has a whole bunch of them, uh, and there are obviously other ways that you can watch them. And I was someone who loved these movies when I was growing up, so for me, it was like a really cool like to watch some of these because I haven't watched some of these movies in a really long time. I couldn't tell you the last time I watched Volcano; like it has been a very long time. But if it's not disaster movies, just go back to movies that you watched a lot at that you know those formative years you know that we have those movies that stick with us we have that music that sticks with us go back and watch some of the movies from that time for you and and just relish in the nostalgia that is there and and the feelings that they bring back because it's honestly pretty cool to really just sit down watch those be transported back to a different time in your life um and it's a lot of fun so do you have a a particular favorite 90s disaster movie josh i mean i'm a huge dante uh dante's peak and 
Deep Impact fan. I would yeah. argue those are probably the two lesser budgeted ones of the of their counterparts. But um, Young Elijah Wood doing a great job, um, and oh, what was her name? Lily Sobieski. In that, that was good. Uh, yeah, I love disaster films too. But those yeah, would be the good. two. Yeah. That Tay Leone was in that too. Morgan Freeman was the president. Yeah, Tay Leone went out into the beach and just yeah. sat with her mom and. Yeah, yeah. Perfect storm. That's a good one. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so check it out. They're they're a good time, and uh, you know, like I said, if it wasn't disaster films for you, whatever it was for you at that time, uh, in those formative years, um, check them out. It's, it's a nice thing to return back to. So, Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Let's do it. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you know, if you want to communicate better than I'm doing now or in more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithvgi at gmail.com. Woof. <laughs> We tag ourselves with hashtag board with the VG, so please use that hashtag as well on all social medias and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. We encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, yeah, in lieu of plugs, check out my extra life. Uh, so I'm going to do one plug. It's at Josh Bones on Twitter. Um, and my top tweet, my pinned tweet, is a link to my Extra Life page. Uh, we didn't talk about it at the top, but if you don't know what Extra Life is, it is a 24-hour gaming marathon to raise money for sick kids. And it is by far the... It's not a... Cha- it's a challenge to stay up for 24 hours. It's a challenge to keep yourself gaming for 24 hours, but it is not even one one hundredth of a ch- as challenging as what it's raising money for. So it's a little tiny, little small sacrifice. Uh, on my end, stay away from my family for a little bit, but to raise money for these kids in the hospital. So check it out at Josh Bones. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. I think tentatively the plan is next week we will do our Metafall predictions. So we're, we're almost at the end of August already, so we got to get those in before the games start coming out. Uh, hoping that we get a little more confirmation on a few release dates before then. Uh, but yeah, probably next week look for Metafall. You know, have a couple weeks to enter to win some awesome prizes, so be on the lookout for that. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.